go. What is up, Melanated family? How's everybody doing on this good Tuesday? It is Tuesday, right? Yeah, on this good Tuesday. How's everybody doing, man? So check it out. Special video today, right? I had um, one of my young homies from my, my YouTube channel, Lonzo the King. Lonzo the King is one or the other. He, he spelt it kind of different, but it's Lonzo the King. I appreciate this young brother. Um, he said he was born like in the early 2000s or the 2000s or something like that. And, you know, he see some of the videos I do about history. Some of the videos I do about just, you know, the different situations we've had to endure, right? Being melanated folks in America. So he asked me, he was like, Harrison, check it out. Explain to me why we don't have like a, um, a modern day Black Panthers, right? Like what happened from the revolutionary time in our existence when we're looking at like the 60s and how we conducted ourselves in the 60s, how there were several individuals in the 60s who were willing to sacrifice their own life for the greater good of all of us, right? Like what happened between that revolutionary time period and today where we like the modern day gang in America, the modern day black gang in America, for the most part, they just kill each other. Like on some real shit. I, I understand there are gangs across our country, L.A. specifically, where there are members of these gangs who are trying to facilitate peace, trying to facilitate programs in the neighborhood that help the young dudes stop killing each other and shit. I'm aware of that. In my opinion, it, it doesn't happen enough. There isn't any organizational units that make sure these type of shit these type of things don't happen because we still got these young dudes killing each other we still got these young dudes treating life like it ain't shit you know what i mean so let's 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 talk about it family let's talk about why today 2022 we do not have any revolutionary leaders in our community now let me clarify i know a lot of individuals who speak truth to power like on their platforms whether it be youtube or you know what I mean? Just in general, they may speak truth to power. But the question remains, why haven't we seen individuals like Malcolm, individuals like Martin, like individuals marching to the beat of their drum? Right. So let's get into it. So what's critical to understand about this type of concept is if we look at the 60s. Right. And I'm going to read some individuals here in the 60s that was murdered. Um, due to just being involved in the civil rights struggle, right? So we're, we are aware of individuals like Medgar Evers. Of course, we know of Martin. Of course, we know of Malcolm. We are aware of these individuals as people who pretty much sacrificed for the greater good of all of us, right? But I'm going to read a few more names here, family, because I don't think a lot of us are aware of how much history repeats itself. So when we look at the late 50s to the to the 70s really the late 50s to the 70s j edgar hoover this fucking flaming homosexual <laughs> shit i don't care what nobody say this this motherfucker was gay right this flaming homosexual he created a war against our community he basically said he's gonna look for whoever the black messiah is he gonna take him out like he created a fear amongst white society especially law enforcement especially the fbi especially KKK, these type of these type of groups specifically attacked us in the late 60s, right? So let me go over a few people. Because again, we know about Mega Evers, we know about Malcolm Martin, we know about what well, you guys should know about as well. Hold on one second. This is one couple that was very pivotal 
in like the NAACP movement named Harry and Harriet Moore. These were a husband and wife who started the NAACP in um, Breford County, Florida in 1951. Their house was bombed. Both of them was murdered um, by the Ku Klux Klan, basically just for them, you know, looking to empower black people and get us out of the position we were in then. So the 60s family, the 60s created a lot of mistrust in our community. The the 60s created like the <laughs> at the end of the day, the 60s created a generation of scared ass Negroes. So let's get into it. But I want you all to know some of these names, man, and why and how some of these black folks was killed. So real real quick, family, 1955, a reverend named George Lee, one of the first black people registered to vote in Humphreys County, used his pulpit and his printing press to urge others to vote. White officials offered Lee protection, telling him that his, his voter registration and what he was doing to get us to vote was gonna bring harm his way. He declined any help. He, re he refused any help. He was murdered in 1955. He was murdered in 1955. A black man named Lamar Smith was shot dead on the courthouse lawn by a white man in broad daylight while dozens of people watched. The killers were never indicted because no one would admit that a white man shot a black man. Smith was organizing black people to vote. So on some real shit, I know sometimes I can be hell on the voting process. I'm aware of that. Like I can be hell on voting on a national level, like voting for the president at times seems mundane. It seems like regardless of who we get in the office, they're not going to help us. But we got to keep it real, family. Voting does matter in this country. If you do it the right way, you can definitely affect who gets voted in. Now, once they're in there holding them accountable, that's a whole different story. But understand that several Hundreds, if not thousands of black people have been killed in this country strictly for trying to put us in a better position to vote. So know that they wouldn't be trying to stop us from voting if it wasn't somewhat important to the democratic process. You know what I mean? To our democracy, rather. You know what I mean? Of course, we know about Emmett Till. Emmett Till was killed in 1955. Family, he was 14 years old on a vacation from um, from Chicago, reportedly flirted with a white woman in a store, which we find out now wasn't true. Three nights later, two men took him out of his bed, beat him, shot him, dumped his body in the, uh, 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 dumped his body in the river. All white jury found those men innocent, right? So boom, we have a brother by the name of Willie Edwards Jr. He was a truck driver on his way to work when he was stopped by four Klansmen. We know what happened after that. They mistook him for a man who they said was dating a white woman in the area. They took him, killed him, dumped him in the river. Now, what you'll see, that's why when we make jokes about these Karens, of course, black folks, melanated people, we know how to make light of shit um, in spite of our misery almost, right? So we know how to make jokes out of things to keep them crying damn near, right? But we talk about these Karens, white women have killed <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry family it's fucked up shit white women have killed has been the cause of several black men dying throughout history so again history repeats itself family when you look at the karens now and when you look at the white privilege you see a white woman upholds when she understands if i call the police if i get authorities and if i get the authorities involved we i may i may have the power to get this motherfucker killed I may be able to put this black person in a position where they're going to be in harm's way. Just know this is historically, this is just how things have happened, family. And these white people know it. They understand the power they have 
in this country. They understand how white privilege works, right? Boom. So that's 1957. Then we have another black man named Mac Charles Parker. He was 23 years old, accused of raping a white woman. Three days before his case was set for trial, a mass mob took him from a jail cell, beat him, shot him, threw him in a river. Do you see a consistency here? Do you see a pattern here, right? Another black man, Herbert Lee. This is 61. Herbert Lee works with the civil rights leader, Bob Moses, who helped register black voters, was killed by a state legislator who claimed self-defense and was never arrested. Lewis Allen, a black man who witnessed the murder, was later killed because they thought he was going to tell what, uh, what happened. Corporal Roman Corporal Roman Duxworth Jr., a military police officer stationed in Maryland, was on leave to visit his sick wife when he was ordered off a bus by police officers and shot dead. The police officers um, mistake Duckworth for a freedom rider who was testing the bus de desegregation laws. Freedom riders were civil rights activists who went against the grain by saying, I know I can't sit on this bus. I know I can't ride on this bus, but I'm going to put I'm going to sacrifice myself to ride on this bus just to make sure we get some laws changed, just to make sure shit can start going in the correct direction, right? So sacrifice is a theme that you should pay attention to here. A couple more, the four, the four girls that was killed in Birmingham, right? The bomb that killed the four girls, Addie Mae Collins, Denise McNair, Carol Robertson, and Cynthia Wesley, we should know these names, family. We're getting ready for church services when a bomb exploded at the 16th Street Baptist Church, killing all four of the school-age girls. The church has been a center for civil rights meetings and marches. So look, look at the landscape real quick, family. So now it's 43 million Black people in America. In the 60s, I'm not sure how many of it, how many of us it was, but it was a very small number of black people compared to what we look at now right in this traumatic time period family this is fear being instituted think about how a lot of the black people saw these endeavors yes now we see cops killing black people that's one thing to me a cop in certain instances is just like a member of the kkk just like a uh, like my brother Tariq Nasheed said, this is more like a race soldier, an individual that is harming people based on race. Yes, I do think we have some police officers who operate this way, but today it's more covert. So we see the police killings. We see the prison system. We see all these different things, but it's more covert. In the 60s, they was cutting on the news or getting word from people in their family that black people was just getting killed by the KKK. This is when the KKK and institutions like this was more on the prowl. Like normal citizens harmed us more then. It happens now, but normal citizens harmed us more then. Think about the black people alive at this time, family. How do you think they thought? What do you think they told their kids about these instances? Yes, we do have some revolutionary black people who was like, who spoke truth to power even then, who equipped their kids with information about history and what they could do to protect themselves. But a lot of black folks was leaning more towards fear. I don't want my family to get harmed. I don't want to get harmed. I'm going to put my head down and teach my kids to do the same thing. You see what I'm saying? A couple more people I want to read to you, family. We need to know the names of the individuals from that time period from the civil rights time period who were killed and murdered simply for attempting to help black people this will give us uh insight on why today 
we don't see any black leaders, right? So we have Lewis Allen, who witnessed, this is the brother I was telling you about earlier, who he witnessed the murder of civil rights worker Herbert Lee. Um, he endured years of threats, jailing, harassment. He was making his final arrangements to move north one day when he was when he was killed, right? Keeping in mind, during the civil rights struggle, we have to acknowledge there were Caucasian people along this timeline I'm reading. There were Caucasian people who were killed also, right? There were Caucasian people who were killed simply, same reasons, simply for being on the side of civil rights, being on the side of what's right, basically. So when we see like a Kyle Rittenhouse, people want to tell us, well, he killed white people. Well, the mentality of a white supremacist is if you white and you fucking with them, I'm going to kill you too, right? Let's not forget Kyle Rittenhouse was at a protest designed to help black people. He wouldn't have been there if it wasn't. Let's be fucking clear. He wouldn't have been there if it wasn't. So in a white supremacist's mind, I'm killing with anything moving. If you white and you with them, I'm killing your ass too. It's been that way since the 60s. We have another group of brothers. Henry Hezekiah D. and Charles Eddie Moore were killed by Klansmen who believed the two were part of a plot to arm blacks in the area. Excuse me. It came out. There was no such plot. Their bodies were found doing a massive search for the for missing civil rights workers, James Earl Cheney, Andrew Goodman, Michael Henry Swerner. And these were the three that went missing was two white guys and a black guy. They're, they're, they all end up dead. Let's look at it. They're dead for trying to get black people to vote. They're dead for trying to get civil rights. And, and look at look at the ideology about this shit, family. We were fighting for civil rights. Just civil, like just be fucking nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not fighting for human rights yet. We on some civil shit. Just don't kill us. Don't be mean to us. See, this is all in the 60s, family. We got Lieutenant Colonel Lemuel Penn, a Washington, D.C. educator who was driving home from a U.S. Army Reserve training when he was shot and killed by Klansmen in a passing car. Think about the fear. Think about that for a minute. Now, because of so many of us, and I'm going to get to how we got to the position we're in now, right? We're going to walk it back slow. But in this time period, not only did we have cops and things of that nature to worry about, but the Ku Klux Klan family was regular men and women, regular men, basically. These weren't, these weren't members of police forces for the most part. These were just regular men with goddamn capes on their head terrorizing our communities and the police didn't stop them no type of authority figure didn't stop them look at the type of fear this can institute in the individuals right so either it's going to be a fight or flight type of mentality and a lot of people was on some flight shit just to keep it real we have jimmy lee jackson who was beaten and shot by state troopers as he tried to protect his grandfather and mother from a trooper attack on civil rights marches his death led to the selma montgomery march and the e the eventual passage of the voting rights act see so again individual sacrifices like people sacrificing to make it better for us got us here where we at now but a lot of people had to die to get where we're at now, y'all. Keeping in mind, we got such a long way to go. But it's interesting that the type of um, situations we see with a Trayvon Martin, we see with um, George Floyd, you can go down the list of black men that we've seen being treated a particular way by the cops. Today, 
it's more covert. So we see it with police officers. We now we do see, I forgot the young brother name, Ahmad Aubrey, who experienced some of that same type of vigilante justice that I'm talking about here that these brothers had to deal with in the 60s. You see what I'm saying? So I'm not gonna read no more names, but it's it's amazing, y'all. It's several, several, several individuals who were killed by white men strictly for being black in the wrong place, strictly for trying to march, strictly from trying to organize black people. That's where we're at, family. So let's go down the list real quickly here. Boom. So we have the civil rights error in all the murders. So again, let's look at just let, let's just look at like the Malcolm in the Martins, right? These are men who were propped up by society, but more or less propped up by our community. Keep it in mind, the Coons ain't came out yet. They're, the the Coondom, <laughs> the island of Coondom is forming, but it ain't that prevalent yet. You know what I mean? Because in the 60s, we still, we coming out of a time where all we had was each other. This is important, y'all. Like, segregation was actually a good thing. I I repeat segregation was actually a good thing because you knew who was on your side you knew who the enemy was nobody had to tell you about it on tv nobody had to walk you into it you knew who the fucking enemy was you see what i'm saying once late 60s uh, uh, martin luther king bless his heart i used to be hell on that brother until i realized there's hell of different ways to skin a cat you see what i'm saying he may not had the revolutionary spirit as it seemed, but he was a revolutionary brother who was trying his best to help us. I give him that. But ending segregation began the unravel of the idea of a new revolutionary. Because once you put us in a position where we can drink the same water, we can go to the same schools, what do you think is going to happen? Assimilation is going to happen then. So we're going to have a lot of black people saying, you know what, it's not that bad. I'm, I was over there drinking some of that water and uh, I don't want to fight no more. You see what I'm saying? So segregation ruined the revolutionary spirit in our community, in my opinion. You keep us segregated, we know exactly who the enemy is. We're reminded every day, everywhere we go, it's not equal what you're going to do about it. That sparks something in you. You know what I mean? Once we start letting motherfuckers get good jobs, letting people work in the same companies, letting people do things white people do, live with white people, even though we were redlined, even though it was still black codes and all this shit, we be our our mentality began to shift that it's not that bad. Once we took our foot off the gas, the idea of a revolutionary thinker, a revolutionary individual began to wane. You know what I mean? And so this is what I think too. Like this is some deep shit that none of us really want to deal with. So again, we're gonna walk this thing slow on how we got to where we're at now. Another thing I want to say about the civil rights era, imagine this, right? When Malcolm died, when Martin died, let's cut all the bullshit. The government was involved in both of these brothers' murder. Mightily, wholeheartedly, you pick, the government was involved in both of these brothers' murder, right? We know that, right? What did we do? Think about it. They died. Megar Evers, name, name the black man, even, even the other brothers I was naming that got killed by Ku Klux Klan men, got killed by white state troopers. Can we look at the time in history 
60s and 70s I'm talking about. I, I know there has been black men and women who's been writers throughout our history, who has fought in wars, who has the Seminoles, who was on some gangster shit. I know all this, right? But in the 60s and 70s, 60s, early 70s, when Malcolm gets killed, Martin gets killed, who did we hurt in response to, uh, to that? Who did name the black group that torched a, a police station? Name the black group that found some state troopers and tortured their ass until they gave them information. Because I don't know any. Name the black group that went and found some white KKK men and tortured their ass and killed them so everybody in the community can see. Name the black folks who did that. Name the black groups who did any of this. So in my opinion, family, some of us took a look at that and said, wait a minute. So even if it's subconsciously, wait a minute. These brothers was killed for our honor. They were killed in the name of our liberation. And all they get is a street named after them. Nobody riding, no. Nobody riding, even if somebody tried to ride and got killed in the process, named the black group who got their guns ready and said, fuck that, y'all killed Malcolm, we gonna uh, rush the state capitol even. See? See? That state capitol shit should show y'all something about uh, 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 why we're in the position we're in. White folks got unhappy about some political shit. They said, fuck all that. They rushed the capitol. See, when have we, when have we rushed the Capitol? Now, granted, it would have been gunfire all around that motherfucker if we would have rushed the Capitol. But when have we actually did that? Think, think about when have we took a stance of that nature? I'm not, please tell me if we have family. You see what I'm saying? So I think sub, subconsciously in the 60s, some of the black folks, not all, never going to speak in absolutes. Some of the black folks was like, this shit ain't worth it. If I try to stand up, if I try to be one who fights, right, fights for the right of my people, not only can I get shunned, not only will I miss opportunities, they ain't thinking about none of that. The biggest thing they're thinking about, I'm going to fucking die, right? So death, if if you scared, newsflash, if you scared to die, you're going to have to get about the revolution. That's, if you scared to die, you're going to have to take a seat and get the fuck out of here. Because when we look at Malcolm Martin, Megger Evers, Fannie Lou Hamer, like all of these individuals, they knew I can die at any moment. I'm going to take the personal, like I'm going to take a personal sacrifice. Not many of us willing to take a personal sacrifice these days because the white ice is colder. We got nice corporate jobs. We got nice big ass cars with air conditioners. Why would I want to harm somebody white? See, we comfortable than a motherfucker. See, so that is on the, just the, uh, the optics of how it feels and look to be a, a, a mother or a father in the 60s and you see everything going on. A lot of them were scared. So they tell their kids, put your head down, go to school. Don't you talk crazy to them white folks. They're breeding fear, right? So this is just the optics. Then in the 60s, we also have the Civil Rights Act like we just talked about. Now we can drink the same waterfall and go to the same movie theater. Even with Jim Crow involved, we still feel a little better about ourselves. 1964, we got the War on Poverty and Great Society program by Lyndon B. Johnson's fuck ass, who created these welfare programs, who, who the welfare programs begin to separate our families, too, because now we have situations where if you are on welfare, 
you can't have a man in the house. Literally, they come into the house checking for toothbrushes, shaving cream, checking to make sure, assure there's no shoes under the goddamn uh, bed. If they see shoes, there was a man here. We cutting you off of aid. Psychologically, our women are beginning to think, okay, look, well, shit, I can have this baby. I don't need a man around. What happens now? You got women raising men by themselves. See, this none of none of this is treading towards a revolutionary mindset. All of it is backing us down from that, right? So Jim Crow lasts to like 1968. But again, we free, but we not free. We get redlined. We still getting all these racial threats, but black people are being allowed to be in certain circles. This is all happening around the same time, family. We're allowed to be in certain circles. We get in these, these, this welfare program where the man, the idea of a man ain't as important as it used to be. Slavery times up into like the 50s and 60s, it wasn't no 70 percent of black, uh, 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 black women raising kids on their own. It wasn't that way, family. It wasn't like that. This has been instituted, right? These are systems and institutions that have, over time has put us in the position that we're in. So this is the 60s. This is the revolutionary. Um, This is a very revolutionary time. All these black men die. What did we do? Nothing. And I'm sorry, family. Sometime, shit, blood begets blood. If you check it out on a simple term, right? Just think about this. What if there was a bully? Or just someone around you, right, that came and would take your shit, right? Just take your shit from you. And sometimes they would shoot at you, stab you a little bit, like willing to hurt you. They were willing to hurt you physically to get their point across. And every time you didn't do nothing, you just marched about it. You just uh, spoke out on how bad it felt, right? You just began to be fearful, right? Why would they stop? Again, I'm never going to promote violence. Like that's none of us should be on that type of time. But if somebody shoots you and you push them back, if your response is shoving them back, I'm going to keep shooting your ass because your response ain't doing nothing to me. Your response don't make me want to stop. If somebody killing you, you can't fucking want to have a conversation with a murderess. You see what I'm saying? With somebody who wants to murder you or harm you in that way. So up until now, when, 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 when we look at specific like the 60s on, we ain't really been in no situation where, we, where we're willing and ready to hurt somebody white. That's just a fact, right? So boom, we got the 70s. And this is what the young brother mentioned to me. Shout out to the young brother Lonzo the King, Lonzo the King. The Black Panthers, now we got something different. See? See? Black Panthers was different. See, Malcolm spoke about how the Muslims and those brothers was willing to hurt whoever was opposed to them, right? Jagger Hoover, make sure he jumped on that. But the Black Panthers, these brothers was armed. These brothers was ready. These brothers not only knew the law, but they knew in order to lead people, you got to feed people. So they had lunch programs. They was feeding people. They was instituting a form of self-love into the minds of the people, right? Right? While while at the same time being armed in the 70s, the Black Panthers got into several gunfights with the police. Think about that now. Think about that. Think about the last time you heard on the news any of these police killings you've heard. Think about this carefully, family. 
When have you heard a black militia group bucking it out with the cops to, in, in today's time? Because I'm aware there are black militia groups. I'm not shitting on any organization around this country that do good work to help our people. How many of you are willing to shoot at the police? How many of them are willing to shoot at the police? How many of them have? When the last time you cut on the news and seen a shootout between a militia group and the police? You, you, you haven't. That's why it's taking you so long to come up with the answer, family. You haven't, you haven't seen it. The Black Panthers was bucking at the cops, right? J. Edgar Hoover, his ass made it a point. He said the Black Panthers was the biggest threat to the national to national democracy or some shit like that. He made it a point to attack these brothers. And I don't care what you say. If you don't take the time, like as an organization, as a people, if you don't take the time to build up an organization and make sure it's sturdy, like through and through, it's going to be difficult to fight the government. Like, think about that, family. Even if you do prepare yourself militarily, physically, it still may be difficult to fight the government. Like, people got to realize that when these tanks come through our neighborhood and shit and we protesting and we trying to get shit right, we're beyond enemy lines, family, because we're actually fighting the government. Right? Even though there may have to come a time where we say, fuck it. Like, we don't care. We're going to have to do what we got to do. That's a different topic. But think about that, family. The, the Black Panthers tried their hardest. They, 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 they tried their hardest to institute programs. They tried their hardest to fight against the system. And they just wore down, family. If you look at any research about the Black Panthers, they just wore down. Coons started to come into play. They started to get infiltrated. Infighting begin to happen about the, the 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 psychology of the group and how people should interact. People start getting arrested. Huey start getting arrested. Bobby Steele started getting arrested. Like the powers that be begin to attack these brothers. So by the early eighties, they were done. By the early eighties, they were done. And some of these brothers ended up being on drugs and and falling victim to the same system they tried to fight against. But I don't knock them because it wasn't enough of them, in my opinion. Now, there were Black Panther chapters all around the country, like this is true, but there wasn't enough of them. Like the 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 fight that they were trying to commence, it should have been more of them. It should have been a little more organized. But what are they? They're, they're trying their best. That's why I don't knock these brothers. That's why I hold them in such a high regard, because they was trying to do something that that up until that point really ain't never happened. Fighting the cops in that manner. That was something different. Yeah, it happened here and there, but for the most part, <clears throat> the Black Panthers were um, um, the Black Panthers were an elite group of individuals, and I salute these brothers. Right now, now also keep in mind. So this is when the the Black Panthers, these brothers, was trying their best to to move the needle and put us in a better uh, in a better position. J. Edgar Hoover made sure he got rid of them, right? So this again, again, just like I said about the 60s, what if you're watching this? If you're in a certain mentality and you're watching all of this happen, you could think, fuck that. I'm not, I'm not challenging nothing. I'm not challenging nothing. If I challenge something, they're going to kill me. If I challenge something, they're going to railroad me and put me in jail. Worst case scenario, they're going to kill me. And I've seen them kill people. So I'm good, right? 
So think about the revolutionary mind of individuals, hence why we ain't seen no more Malcolms, we ain't seen no more Malcolm, uh, we ain't seen no more Malcolms, no more Martins, no more Mecker Evers, no more individuals who say, I'm going to step out on a limb and risk my life for this revolution, right? I'm, I consider myself a brother who is willing to go all the way, but I can't lie and say, when we look at when a revolutionary does die, what happens? A street name? Is there any bus back? Like, is there violence in the streets? Not protesting but specific violence against individuals we felt was responsible for this shit. Do we ever see that? No. Let's keep it real. No. So shout out to the Black Panthers, man. Them brothers was revolutionary. They blew their spot up, though, when they went to the Capitol here in Sacramento, where I'm at. When they went to the Capitol with their guns drawn because they they were aware of a law that said you can open carry right they they knew the loophole in the law these brothers was these brothers was college educated like the black panthers the individuals involved with the black panthers these weren't no dummies but going to the capital with the guns drawn was a bad move this put them on a national 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 spotlight which scared millions of white folks so j edgar hoover said shit i i was already on y'all head now i gotta eliminate you niggas see so by the early 80s, we have no more Black Panthers, right? Boom. So let's so let's follow the timeline. What are the next revolutionary groups after the Black Panthers? Like potential revolutionary groups, right? I would say gangs in LA, right? Why do why do gangs in LA start? It starts simply like most of the reasons we come together, gangs in LA started to protect themselves from white groups in in in, in LA. They were white gangs that went around LA tormenting black uh, black citizens. This is a this is a fact. Because of this, the black men, the black kids in this area say, "You know what? Let's walk home together." I know when I walk home by myself, the white dudes chase me home. They whoop my ass. It's it 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 would behoove us to walk home together. See? So the app that African spirit man has always been surrounding us. It has always been in the been in the air like the the unity piece. Even though we continue in my opinion to get it wrong, that spirit was always there. So we say boom, we're going to start walking home together. So it's two of y'all walking, right? This is how gangs in LA started, family. It's two of y'all walking home. Now it's three of y'all. Now it's four. Now it's five. Now in 6 weeks it's a hundred of y'all walking together, right? Y'all all get together. Y'all look at each other and say, shit, we should call ourselves something. See, this all started to protect the community from white vigilante violence, right? This is why gangs started in LA. This is why they started, family, to protect the citizens and themselves from white vigilante gang violence. Now, again, by this time, the system is on autopilot. So, yes, they're in these black communities where they were redlined. They're in black communities that were created just for black people. So in these communities, you know that jobs are readily available. We understand that the welfare, the welfare system, like I just said, has been instituted. So um, mothers aren't as inclined to make sure a father is there because they have some money coming in. Right. Around this same time, the prison industrial complex like the 70s and early 80s with Reagan, with Reagan war on drug shit, come to find out this motherfucker actually selling drugs, right? So 
Reagan's war on drugs began. This is when crack cocaine started to seep into our neighborhoods. This is when Mac 11s and AR 15s and big ass pistols with hella goddamn rounds became the it became a thing in our neighborhood. Because check it out, early gangs fought each other. Early gangs fought each other and had revolver pistols. They fought each other and had revolver pistols. Nobody really shot to kill each other. That was like a, a worst case scenario to pull the gun. Most of the time you fight and you're going to get it up after that's over y'all bounds, right? What happened to the gangs? All of this is institutionalized racism, by the way. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. All of this is the system that put us in the position we at now where there's no revolutionaries or no revolutionary leaders who are leading a movement that completely goes against this system to put us in a better position. So now the gangs are just fighting, uh, uh, shooting little handguns when they needed to, knives, all type of little weapons. What happens to the gangs? Crack cocaine. Crack cocaine. If any of you black folks, because some, I'm, I realize some of my audience, some of the people that listen to me, you may have grew up in a community where there was no crack. You may have grew up in a well-to-do community, middle-class community where the grass was green, black folks were well-to-do. This is great. Like if this is your reality, this is great. Not me. Most of the people I know grew up in a community that was tightly knit. Everybody loved each other. Everybody fucked with each other. We helped each other out. Even if a mom was like on welfare, she still had a job. She still looked good. She still kept herself up. Her son, he had on socks. He, she, she made sure she cleaned his face. She made sure his hair was brushed. Crack cocaine effectively, effectively eliminated all that shit. You would see a woman because early, I give the early crack dealers, I'll give them a little leeway. They had no idea what they was doing. They had no idea how addictive it was. They seen coke before. They seen coke being snorted. They knew about weed. They knew about these are the kind of drugs that was in the black community. We didn't have all these opioids and fucking meth and all that shit. That shit wasn't in our community. They seen weed. They seen cocaine. They seen people involved in these drugs. And they say, you know what? That's it ain't gonna get that bad. Well, you give Miss Sarah this crack cocaine. She going to work. She getting the crack from you on her way home from work. You know, she got two kids in the house. She about to go home to make dinner. She doing her thing, right? In six months, she's selling a goddamn Nintendo 120 pounds lighter. You like, what the fuck happened to Miss Sarah? So our community became a cesspool. Crack became a cesspool because of what it did to the individuals. So crack wasn't just addictive to the person taking the drug, family. It was addictive to the person selling the drug, too. The young dudes went from just gang banging and being on the corner and selling their little weed and their little twos and views, robbing and doing kind of shit like that. Now you selling crack, you damn near a millionaire in six months. This is a 14, 15 year old dude. Now he damn near a millionaire. So when you institute the crack, now we got bigger guns. Now, now I can shoot at your ass 50 times in three seconds. Here's when the murders come. Here's when the fight over territory come. Money, family. Money and crack was dropped into our neighborhood. I don't know anybody who started that process. I don't know anybody in my neighborhood who had the line on the crack like that. That shit, as well as these big-ass guns, was dropped into our neighborhood. So now we got young dudes who 
either taking drugs, selling the drugs, either way they addicted to both. Who gonna be a revolutionary in this circle? Look at look at the temperament of the people at the time. You see what I'm saying? So we got gangs going crazy now based on drugs, based on crack cocaine. This is why gangs became violent, family. Don't let nobody tell you any different. So we got gangs popping now. It's more black people. The, the population of black people is steadily growing, right? And now we got because of because of the civil rights, uh, the civil rights bill that put us in a situation where now we can drink at the same water faucet. We can go to the same store. We can live in the same neighborhoods to a degree. Right now we got this upper class of black people. Now we got this gatekeeper class of black people who because they got a good job, because they may be light skinned, Right. All this shit's true because they got a good job, because they might be light skinned. Now, they don't want no problem. They don't want no problems. They don't want no problems and no goddamn revolution. And now this black buffer class is being used. And these are all these boule uh, 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 Negroes and shit like that. We got this buffer class that's being used to control us. So now it's on autopilot, family. Why do you think, you know what always fucked my mind up? And I don't <laughs> and I don't mean to take a shot at this, brother, but this has always been weird to me, right? Jesse Jackson was right there when Martin got shot. Do y'all know that? Nigga, when I say right there, nigga, I mean right there when, when, when Martin got shot. So think about this. Let's say we in a gang. Let's say we in a gang or any type of a brotherhood. Well, we willing to do whatever for each other, right? Your homeboy get popped in the head right in front of you. What you gonna do? You think it's a mistake that Jesse is fucking docile now? Because if so, I would think he would grab the banner of his homeboy. Oh, my homeboy was pushing this. My homeboy was pushing ending this war. My homeboy was pushing ending the war on poverty. This is what my homeboy was pushing. Why didn't he... Why did he take that same path? Is somebody going to tell me that Jesse did? He took the same path as Martin? No, because if he did, he'd be fucking dead too. I think that incident, your homeboy getting his noodle, getting, getting, getting popped in his head right in front of you, made your ass say, you know what? I'm going to try this a little bit different. I'm going to try a different route because I don't want to end up like that. I think that pumped fear in him too because if not, why don't we see him on any – because now we got Reverend Al Sharpton, who's a goddamn hustler. I don't care what nobody say. You can look at some of the good things he do. But in general, these niggas want peace. They don't want to die. So they're co they coalesce with political parties. Opposed to Malcolm Martin, they weren't a part of no Democratic or Republican party. They weren't a part of none of that shit. Think about that. They wasn't rocking with that. They wasn't rocking with that at all. But now we got a Jesse Jackson or a, a, a Al Sharpton who they're a part of the system family. They're a part of the system family, hence why, hence why they're still alive now. You feel me? You feel me? So this has been a systematic push, family, to eliminate our anger. Like to eliminate, and then because it's more of us, the, 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 the more black people are born in America, the more levels of confusion. Because today, we do have, I, I, I'll always say this, excuse me family, we have individuals who ride for our causes. We have individuals on YouTube, we have a, 
uh, individuals who are a part of certain organizations, but nobody is willing to step out and say, okay, I'm going to lead black people. Why? Because the fear has already been set in stone. Part, partly fear, partly what's going to happen if I die. These group of people that I'm attempting to, to, to lead hasn't shown me up until this point that if they kill my ass, you finna go ride for me. Think about that. Think about that just on the lowest level possible. If we in a group who violence can happen to us, we understand that we can be targeted and killed. I'm gonna keep it real. If motherfuckers kill me and nobody do nothing, what? Wait a minute. What? So what's the what's 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 the inspiration for the next group of revolutionaries to come on and say, you know what? I know if I get killed, my people gonna ride for me at least. They ain't just gonna name a goddamn day after me, name a goddamn street after me, and then what do we do on Martin Luther King Boulevard? Keep it real, family. Look, look, look at look at how these white supremacists did us. They put Martin Luther King Boulevard on the worst part of motherfucking town. Look how that street is. Look, look, look what happens on that street. Do you see revolutionary? Uh, do you see revolutionary activity on that street? When? When? Which which Martin Luther King? I'm in Sacramento, California. Our Martin Luther King is dilapidated, drug dealing, hella liquor stores. Sad. Are there any ones different across the country? Tell me. Y'all know of a Martin Luther King Boulevard where it's hella resource centers and hella goddamn revolutionary shit going on? No. See? So a large part of this has been the fear instituted. So boom, we got the uh, we got the crack epidemic. Uh, uh, we got the crack epidemic. Same time the crack epidemic is brewing. What happens? Mass incarceration, privatized prisons. So now we locking up all the potential revolutionaries, all the young niggas who could have possibly been a revolutionary. He may have been induced by the crack game. Now he getting struck out by these three strikes laws. Now he's in prison. Now we got some of our young men who could have possibly because we got to remember Mal uh, 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 Malcolm X was a, uh, was a street dude, was a street dude that turned to what he was. Now they made it hard for another Malcolm X because they striking him out. They making sure his ass ain't never getting out of prison. You see what I'm saying? So they kind of looked, looked to the future and said, how can we neutralize any new potential threat? You see what I'm saying? So we got the crack uh, 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 we got the crack epidemic that came and ruined our community. Privatized prisons followed that. So now we're looking at a community dilapidated from fatherhood. There's no there's no leaders because shit. It ain't a whole bunch of men because typically the leader mentality, the revolutionary spirit comes out of struggle. If you create an environment where hella niggas is comfortable, right? I'm working at IBM. I make a hundred thousand dollars a year. What racism? What racism? Think about that Negro. Do you know how many niggas, uh, and I will say niggas, that I fight with on a weekly basis who tell me, Harrison, stop. Stop, bro. It, 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 ain't no racism like that. Do you teach your kids that? This is what I fight with from black people. You can, you can, and I try my best to be contextual. And include everything I can about history, just so black people can know, just so melanated people can know. I'm not pulling this shit out of my ass. Historically, this is actually what has happened to us. Black folks don't care about that. Why? Because they got a white woman. Why? Because they got a good job. Because they know good white folks. 
because they be around white folks who tell them, yeah, you, you not, you not like the other ones. You not like the rest of them. See? So now we got this whole coon, Stephen A. Smith, Charles Barkley, blessed them brothers' hearts, but them brothers ain't for us like that. Why? They got a bag. You know how long Stephen A. Smith probably been waiting to get a bag? You see how funny that nigga look? Like, think about this in real people terms. You see how funny that nigga look? <laughs> you know how long he been waiting to get a bag so he can so he can floss, so he can so he can get the goddamn girl he wants? We're not thinking about revolutionary. We're uh, uh, we not thinking about revolution no more. We're thinking about what can happen for us. And again, I know a lot of brothers on YouTube, brothers who make documentaries, brothers who create platforms that are helpful to us, but nobody is willing to step up and say, okay, I'll be it. Because in actuality, I think, like, if we're going to ask the question, do we need a black leader? I say to a degree, like leadership, but not one person. Because some real shit is, when you elevate one person, now we have a target. When we elevate one person, when we elevate one person, now we have a clear-cut target on who needs to die, right? So I say the code of conduct, like our code can be the leadership, along with we need People to come together to make decisions. I agree. But catapulting one person on top of everybody else, we've seen throughout history that shit don't work. That shit don't work. So it so it shouldn't be one person. It should be a mindset that's the leadership. And because I'm I'm I consider myself one who's willing to sacrifice for the greater good. Now, whatever that means. Whatever that means. I'm a brother who got five kids. I got five grandkids, family. So in the year 2042, no way possible should my kids or my grandkids be at risk of dying by getting shot by the police and that police officer just uh, just going home. I don't want that to be the case 25, 30 years from now, family. So I'm going to put myself in a position to sacrifice as much as I need to for the greater good of everybody. But the question is, how many of us is willing to do that? And this don't mean like putting your life on the line per se, but it means speaking truth to power. It means being a part of organizations and being a part of things that's attempting to move the needle forward. And then you got to be willing to say, fuck it. Like, I don't care if you don't like the name of my shit is melanated. I don't care that the black fists make you go the other way. Go the other fucking way then, nigga. Like the level of individual sacrifice that needs to take place for us to get to where we are. Everybody needs to think about it. How can you help this movement? Are you a good cook? Are you a good speaker? Are you a good writer? Are you an educated brother and sister who want to use something you learned in school to help us out? Everybody should be just looking for a way to help. But the reason why there's no black leaders today in 2022 is because we tired. They wore our ass out from every direction. Then they made sure we that there, there will be no new black messiah. We're going to cause so much division. We are going to make you niggas fall in love with our brands. We're going to make you fall in love with our women. We're going to make you fall in love with Western society and the rules that we've instituted that you're going to forget all about that revolutionary shit. And for the most part, family, it's worked. You see what I'm saying? So shout out to everybody. Listen to the show today again. Shout out to the Young King. 
Lonzo the King, one of the YouTube family members who said, look, Harrison, I was born in 2000, man. I don't see any revolutionaries around me no more. What happened? Why don't we see a group like the Black Panthers? And keep it in mind, I want to be contextual. There are groups in our country who are militant. Like there are militant groups. There are, I think, the Black Panthers, they got like the baby cubs or something like that. So there are some militant groups. There are groups in our country that are looking to empower us, not like Black Lives Matter. I wasn't too fond of their structural, like how they were structured and some of the shit they did. But in general, there's a lot of good groups out there. There, we we even Black Lives Matter, there are, I think, like I'm not gonna just group all of them together. There are fractions of that organization that have attempted to do good shit, but at the end of the day. The groups that we have re representing us have to say, yes, I'm going to work through the political landscape. Yes, I'm going to work. I'm going to put my boots to the ground and march and protest and show up at meetings and be involved in all of these processes that can help us get to a better position. But I'm also going to have a goddamn gun. I'm also going to say, you kill one of us. We coming to look for you. This is why today, again, we talked about the gangs and the gang violence and how gangs are perpetrated today. And I don't think it's much revolutionary shit going on in gangs in America as a whole. Maybe there's little individual pockets of older gang members who are looking to institute shit that can help us. But as a whole, they ain't really doing shit for us on a revolutionary front. And that's something we got to realize. Because when I look at a Trayvon Martin, when I look at a Oscar Grant... Pick the name. I say, God damn, where's our gangs at? Where's the brothers with the fully clips? Where are the brothers with the with, uh, with the 30 stick? All this shit you niggas rapping about. Oh, I get it. That gun is only for a nigga. See? So look at where we at. Because everything I just told you, every system that's been put in place to finalize it all, all this pain, all this hurt, all this dysfunction, what do we do? Put that shit on a beat. Put that shit on a beat and feed it to our kids. See? See? So we got a long way to go, family. And that's why I'm such a big proponent of history. It's my hope, right, that if you guys, if everybody learns about our history, it'll it'll empower you to want to go a different direction. It, it, it'll empower a young father to say, no, I'm going to be there for my kid. I'm going to make sure... I read to them. I'm going to make sure I teach them about history. I'm going to make sure I show them what a man is. But before I can show them what a man is, I got to know what a man is. See, I'm going to be involved in an organization that's helping my people. E even if I don't want to be involved in an organization or march or do any of that shit, like I always say, one of the most revolutionary acts you can do is just be a good father, be a dedicated father, be a man who says, because I know my history, because I know what I'm up against, I'm not going to just impregnate women indiscriminately. I'm going to wear a condom. I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be responsible because I know I got a family to raise in the future because I know I got to put my kids and the people around me in a position to be successful. And if I'm all disjointed, if I'm just laying pipe every which a fucking way, this may not be advantageous. To me, building my community again, you don't have to protest. You don't have to go down to city hall and do any of that shit. If you don't want to do any of that, just be a dedicated father. Just say, I'm going to try my best to have my woman in the house with my kids. How about that idea? I'm going to do whatever I can knowing there's a system up against me. 
There's a system designed to put me in a particular position. I know that. I'm still going to do everything I can to keep my kids in the same house. I'm going to do everything I can to love black people. I'm going to be on a code of conduct where I'm going to shop with a qualified black business. I'm not going to treat Gucci like they the shit if I'm not going to Mr. Fab and getting some dope era shit as well. You see what I'm saying? I'm not going to elevate white anything white over my goddamn people. I'm not going to look at a black man with a hoodie on the same way somebody white look at a black man with a hoodie on. I'm going to give my people the benefit of the doubt at every turn. You see what I'm saying? So this is like a group effort that all of us have to make and all of us have to be down to do. And I'm and, and I'm ready. So shit, this is what this platform is made for. Uh, you, uh, you feel me? I'll be your empowerment specialist. Feel me? Call me. <laughs> call me the goddamn. Call me the goddamn unity coordinator. You feel me? We get the shit popping. You know any coons? You know any black folks on on the fence? Right, right. They they give you black on black crime quotes. Right. They hella heavy in the politics and don't know shit about revolution. Send them over here, man. Send them over here. I get them right. Send them over here. I get them right. A couple videos, they'd be right. You see what I'm saying? Because all of this shit starts in our mind, family. How you think is who you are. Hmm? How you think is who you are. We got to manage how we think. We got to manage how we make sure our children think. But if you a coon in your mind, I feel sorry for your kids. Right? Like, uh, like she said, menace. I feel sorry for your mother. <laughs> My bad. I'm just getting. I'm 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 getting off what I'm supposed to be talking about, but that's the reality, family. So when we look at why have we not seen any revolutionaries like Martin or like Malcolm in the year 2022 is because this country has beaten us down and systematically scared the shit out of us. See, so who's scared? Huh? Who's still scared? See, because look, this is how I feel about death. I'll be putting out in the universe. I'ma live. Uh, 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 I'm gonna live till I'm 80, 90 something. I'm putting that out there now, right? That that's that's how I give it up. I'm putting it out there, but I ain't scared to motherfucking die. You feel me? Because you know what life is about. You want to know the secret to life? What you did while you was here. See, that's how you actually live forever. What are you gonna do? The days and nights that you have here on this earth that you that God has given you breath in your body, what you gonna do? You gonna be a coward? You gonna tuck your tail and work your job and act like you don't see shit? Or are you gonna get out there and say, fuck this? I'ma help out any way that I can, any way that I see fit, and I don't want to put myself in any type of harm's way when it comes to a white supremacist or violence, but if I got to, God damn it, I got to. See? So let's stop being scared, man. This is your brother Harrison. Melanated, uh, the Melanated Combo. please do me a favor, subscribe to the Melanated Combo on YouTube if you haven't yet. What I'm going to do, because every Friday, y'all, I release an interview where I have a conversation with someone from our community, uh, 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 actors, models, musicians, historians, the full gambit, because I believe that conversations, like if you want the info, you got to have the combo. You feel me? So I'm going to always do these interviews where I interview interested people from our community. Watch these interviews every Friday on the Melanated Combo. But these, I'm going to start doing these live. Where once, two, three, four times a week, one, two, three, four times a week, I'm going to come on here. And whatever topic we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about. But shit, man, love being black. I don't give a fuck who you date. 
I don't give a fuck. You got a white woman. You got a you got a fucking Mexican woman. You got a green bitch. Rock out. But love being black. Wake up in the morning. Don't be afraid to wear a black designer. Don't be afraid to wear a shirt that says some type of black affirmative, like some type of black positive affirmative statement. Don't be afraid, man. Quit being afraid. Shit. If we remove the fear, half the job's already done. You see what I'm saying? So quit being scared. Love your people. Love your woman. Love your kids. Melody the Combo. We out.